Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So as everybody knows, Valentine's Day occurs every February the 14th. And yes, I am going to go there. Across the United States and all other places around the world, it's candy, it's flowers, all the gifts that are exchanged between loved ones, all in the name of St. Valentine. Now, we don't even really know what this really means, St. Valentine, right? And we consistently blame Hallmark for creating this frenzy over overpriced roses, food, chocolate, etc. Now, right before Christmas, I don't know if you remember, but I did an episode that was basically getting rid of the senseless gift exchange. Now, I, I don't mean, I don't want to sound rude here. Valentine's Day is not a senseless gift exchange. What I mean by this is that I brought up the fact that Giving a gift for the sake of giving a gift is never a good idea. Or just because you're told to give a gift because it's St. Valentine or because of Hallmark, it isn't a really good policy. So again, we're going to blame Hallmark for all these holidays, but who really created Valentine's Day? Who is this mysterious saint and where did all these traditions come from? Now, did it come from the ancient Roman ritual of Lupercalia? that welcome spring to the card-giving customs of Victorian England, or, you know, those people that wanted this tidy romantic backstory to the holiday. But that's really not happened either because people who have studied it and its origins say there's very little basis for those type of accounts. So here's where you're going to learn something from Lens Burning Bush, and I hope, you know, I try to make sure you can learn something from this show and learn about the holiday you're about to celebrate with your loved one. So Valentine's Day only became a thing and associated with love in the late Middle Ages, so a long, long time ago. But it was thanks to an English poet, Geoffrey Chaucer. So those of you that don't know, Geoffrey Chaucer, famous poet, famous English poet. But perhaps more disappointing to the romantics among us, the early accounts of Valentine's are typical martyrdom stories, stressing the saints' miracles and gruesome deaths. So not very good there. And it didn't contain a word of romance. So how did Chaucer create Valentine's Day that we know today? Well, in the 1370s, or maybe the 1380s, and one doesn't know, he wrote a poem called Parliament of Fowls, where in that it contained the line, for this was on St. Valentine's Day, when every bird comes there to choose his mate. This was a, a moment in Europe when a particular set of romantic ideas took shape. Now, Chaucer and other writers at the time celebrated romance between knights and noble ladies who could never marry. Now, the reason they couldn't marry is because they were already married already. So that created a little bit of a problem, creating tropes of yearning and tragic obstacles that still drive our romantic comedies today. But there's still one final twist in the myth of St. Valentine. When Chaucer wrote of the day, when every bird chooses a mate, the argument here is that he was not really thinking of February 14th, but of May 3rd, a day celebrating one of the many other St. Valentines. After all, England is still very cold in mid-February. So in some people's view, Chaucer was looking for a way to celebrate King Richard II's formal engagement to Anne of Bohemia on that day and found that that was the feast day of the Valentine of Genoa. So he could have chosen the Feast of Holy Cross, but he said that, you know, probably wouldn't have sounded as nice in the poem. So since his contemporaries were more familiar with February 14th, St. Valentine's Day, and that was born as the new holiday of romance. So there you go. You're probably more confused than ever, 
but now you understand Valentine's Day. But we have taken it to an utter level of kind of embarrassment and just absurdity with this new Valentine's Day challenge, the hashtag. I don't know if you've seen this, but where you share your story with Valentine's Day is coming with all your friends and you answer a series of questions professing your love and how it happened. Well, I'm about done with all of this. No one cares that you have a Valentine. We certainly are happy that you do, but people get jealous. They don't really care. Uh, we want you to be happy, but we don't need all the huggy and the kissy on Facebook and finding out about everything of your relationship, whether it's 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, God bless you, or whether it's two days. It needs to stop now. It does. If you want to do that in private, that's okay. And you want to do anything you want, that's fine. It's just enough already. No more Valentine's Day challenge where you're sharing your story. I don't want you to share anything. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. She is an author of Flush the Toilet, a comedic self-empowerment book which will help you reclaim your inner awesomeness, which is certainly something that I need. And uh, that inner awesomeness that has been flushed away over the years. She is also a fisherwoman, a very funny lady. Let's welcome Katie Goyette to Lens Burning Bush. Katie, how are you? And what are your thoughts about Valentine's Day? And did you actually learn something today from me? I'm super excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Um, I don't, yeah, like, I just know that, like, I'm going to celebrate, like, Valentine's Day was supposed to be right before Cinco de Mayo, so I guess they spread it out and put it in February, so it wasn't in May, so that's what I learned. Yeah, and Jeffrey Chaucer was the one that created, rather than what we thought was the Hallmark holiday, right? Everybody well, always Cupid, assumes. What's that? Where's, where's the idea of Cupid and the arrows? I don't know. See, that's where the whole, I think we, we, again, it all comes down to the same thing with Christmas and Santa Claus and all that stuff. We kind of just embellish a few things here and there, right? As it goes along, it's like you, you decide that we're going to add all these little things and the arrows and the Cupid and all that. There's, there's a lot of other stuff that we probably could study and we could be here for days learning about Valentine's Day, but I don't think we need to. <laughs> All right, well, I'm not going to go around and shoot people with arrows today. That's that's <laughs> No, I think that's from the guy, wasn't that like Eros or something? Um, again, this is my mythology or whatever. That, I'm not a very good one. That's on Jeopardy. That's not my category. You know, that's not. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Well, I am glad you're super excited. And have you seen these Valentine's Day challenges? Have you seen it? Are you tired of them as I am? I saw a few yesterday. I'm like, oh, and for the love of God, make it stop, please. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I looked at it, and it, 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 I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to put out there. Um, I feel like I'm a really open person, and I do put a lot of myself out there. Um, but when it comes to, you know, intimate relationships and stuff like that, it's not something that I I share about much. Yeah. Well, it's because there's nobody else in my life, so that's <laughs> the reason also. But maybe that's the excuse that I'm telling myself right now. <laughs> yeah, I just I just saw some of these questions, and I was like, well, you know, who wears the pants in the relationship? Who cries more? Who, you know, where's the furthest you've traveled together? Who drives when you're together? Who cares? I mean, that's the bottom line. It's just who enough. Pants in the relationship. Yeah, who wears the pants? Yeah, exactly. That's a question on this challenge. You you need to look at it, but uh, it's just it's just crazy. It is, you know, again, I, I think um, we take things to another level and social media has really taken everything a little bit further, right? The fact that people take pictures that their husband sent them flowers. It's kind of like the, the, 
the woman in the office that comes, you know, gets the flowers and the other women that don't get their flowers from their man, they come home and they slap their husband. Why didn't you send me flowers? You know, it's just, it, it just creates problems for everybody else. I have to ask you a question then. Yeah, go right ahead. Get your wife flowers. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You did it? <laughs> Absolutely not. I, uh, we, you know, when we first dated, uh, we would do that. I would do the flowers or we did, remember popcorn factory, those type of things. Now it's like, I don't know. We, we don't seem to, the holidays and the birthdays and all this stuff, there's so many of them that it's just one thing after another. So to answer your question is no, I'm not the hopeless romantic that you hoped. No, I get it. No, I, everybody has their own thing, right? Like I, I'm the same way. It's like, I don't want to be forced to celebrate something and I don't want to be forced to tell somebody I love them. I want it to be genuine and from my heart. So I totally get it. But maybe you are the romantic and you celebrate every day. Well, I would like to be you'd agree with that that's probably not the case either but i will i did something nice so uh, early january my wife uh has you know her car is is wonderful but it's getting a little bit older so we got a i went and ordered a new one now it would have been here if it would have been here on valentine's day that would have been perfect right of course so she's getting a new car but it's not going to be till march uh it's coming in the first week of march i lost you there you're 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 cutting in and out i'm not oh. I could hear you now. So what was your answer to my question there, getting the new car? Was, wouldn't that be okay? Fabulous. Yeah, see? That is. It's kind and it's practical, right? Like, yeah. you, like, instead of just going out and buying something that doesn't mean something, you got something practical that is from the heart and it has a purpose. So Correct. So, again, I'm not the hopeless romantic, but, you know, she'll get it in March. So it'll be closer to beware of the Ides of March or – to where Chaucer had originally indicated maybe back in May, right? Is that how that works? It's in between. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to get into your book because I think that this, this is something that um, just, it, 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 it's a great interest because I was over um, Bridget and Odin, friends of mine. Uh, they had the book there. She had the little mini plunger, which was kind of interesting. Um, and, and I just happened to see it. And she's like, you know, you should have, Katie on because I think you know this this book is is perfect uh it's called flush the toilet now why don't you explain to the lens burning bush audience how you created this book because it's a it's a bestseller already <laughs> so my vision was is I always wanted to write a book and um I had the idea of flush the toilet uh I went to life coaching school and I just love empowering people, and I love the idea of, you know, let's just flush what's holding us back. Um, so I've had this idea for years, and then COVID hit. So I literally had, like, hundreds of Post-its and notes and outline, and I went to start writing this book, and I realized nothing that I was doing was me. It didn't fit my personality. So I had this vision of how do I take this vision and merge it into something that's simplistic, fun, and um, people can laugh, but it has meaning. So it all just started aligning. So uh, my neighbor is a comic book artist. He was actually like, he used to be at Comic-Con and all this stuff. So him and I coincidentally ran into each other and merged superpowers and created this really fun, simplistic book. Um, but it's literally all about letting go everything you think life is. You know, we're programmed to think that we're supposed to be a certain way or achieve certain things or be everything for somebody else. And this is more about letting go of all of that and finding your true authentic self, um, which is a journey I've worked on for myself for the last four years. So I'm just really excited with the, the finished product. It's like I said, it's a 
50 page half illustrated, you know, self-empowerment book. That's just really fun. And it's been, it's been my gift, right? Like I, I Okay, let me go back. Valentine's Day is my favorite holiday. I didn't tell you that before. Oh, no. I see. I hope I didn't ruin it for you. <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay. I remember being a kid, and I remember getting the little cards in school, and it was just so much fun to me. So when I got my book, I would sign the books and hand them out, and it was like giving away Valentine's Day cards. That's what it brought back to me. So I feel like it's so ironic that this episode and all of this stuff, but I don't know. I feel like it's like my little words of wisdom and I'm able to hand them out and it's like just something fun to look at life differently and laugh about it but it has me now one thing I loved about the book is you know hold your role because you're in control and you got a the toilet uh, paper and it you know it's important I wanted to read an expert from it because but you need to buy the book because you're not uh, you know she the, the woman needs to make some money um, it's important to take ownership of your emotions and understand the difference between reactions and uh, responding. So that's, you know, I, I really like that. And, you know, reacting, you act in, instantaneously and defensively because you're uncomfortable with that, with what is happening and losing your shit, right? Is that, that's what you've got in there. I don't, you know, using the, the language, but it's in the book because of, again, flush the toilet, right? We got to get rid of the, rid of the shit. Yeah. So for me was like, you know, I'm in a sales position. My, my real day job is I'm the vice president of sales and, you know, I, I work in a high pressure environment and I really realized I needed to change who I was. And I didn't like who I was. I was constantly, all sorts of stuff would be happening throughout my day and I was just reacting to it. And I wasn't taking a moment to breathe and really respond the way I should. Um, and that's been the biggest shift within me is now I'm much more approachable. Now I'm able to problem solve, but get results in a much different way um, versus just something coming in and, and just constantly making split decisions that I'm way better now. <laughs> But that, but, but the, all of the stuff that's in this book of explaining what reacting or responding is, responding is acting in a careful and controlled manner because you're using reasoning and logic. So owning your shit. So that's the biggest shift in me. I own who I am um, and I just don't react to it. I take a second, think about it, and then go ahead and move accordingly. Now, where can we get this book? I know, obviously, you can get it on Amazon, right? Probably. Or, you know, where are you wanting to, people to go? Uh, what site? So that you get credit and everything. Well, so, so the book's on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble um, or Amazon, either or. And you can find it by Flush the Toilet. Um, I was super excited. I feel like I met a life goal when I saw that you could buy it at Walmart online. Wow. So I, I need to go back to this. This all started this book, this project as kind of like a joke during COVID. Like, hey, I want to create a book. And, you know, six months ago, seven months ago, it was a posted on my wall. And it's literally available in 15 countries now. So to see that my book's translated in German, it, it just it blows my mind. And it goes back to what the book is, that we're all limitless. So we get to create anything we want. You know, you and I had that conversation about how you started your podcast. Yeah. And, it's just so great that we can tap into ourselves and what what we truly love and then see what we can create from that. So it's been a super exciting journey. What I like of the book, too, is the fact that at the end you get a little completion certificate with your Institute of Internal Plumbing and Plunging. I think yes. that's, that's important, that you finished this and now 
you feel cleansed, right? Is that how? Literally, you feel cleansed. (laughs) (laughs) My toilet humor, I apologize. (laughs) So at the... (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I do life coaching also. So I do a total life detox package, which is the whole thing. That was the premise of the book to... To show people, hey, you can do a life detox, but you get a certificate at the end. And the whole thing is, is just reclaiming who you are. I feel like over the years, we're told what we don't do or who we are, or we're defined who we are by what people tell us. And it's like, no, like when we get back to our core being to be like, all right, you know, I'm really this, you know, I was in a relationship for a long time and it was so small, but I remember that person saying to me like, you're not funny. And whether it was a joke or not, it sat with me. And I look at myself, you know, now at this point in my life, and it's like, you know what, like, how much did I hinder of myself because of that comment that was said to me? No, I I agree. I agree totally. I think that, you know, people expect like I always like the marriage thing, you know, people are told when they're younger, that you go to college, after college, you get married, then you have children. And it's like, it's got to be this you know, in a row and, you know, it doesn't work that way. I mean, everybody's got their own idea and they should be allowed to think for themselves and not like I was trying to bring up in the whole Valentine's Day thing is that because Hallmark tells you to buy your wife or significant other a gift, it doesn't mean that it, you have to. It's like a, you, you should do it on other times other than, oh, it's Christmas. It's this. There, there's a spe- specific time period that you have to do it. Right. It's it, it just you know, keeping up with the Joneses kind of deal. But really, it doesn't mean as much when you follow all of that only, right? I 100% agree with you. Yes, like, for me, it's about authenticity, right? I don't want somebody to do something for me because they're told it's a holiday. I would want something like, hey, you got flowers because you thought of me and it means something. So I'm totally on board with that. Um, Yeah. 100%. Or if, like, for instance, there's something, you go to the store and... Let's say you're in the store and you see something that reminds you of that person and you pick it up and you say, you know, I just bought this because, you know, it's Thursday, but I bought this because I was thinking of you. That's more important to me than getting a dozen roses on Valentine's Day. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like for me, once again, it's all about thought. You know what I mean? Like you can feel, you feel the intention behind it. Like I just don't want roses because someone was like, I have to do this. Like. I want the authenticity behind the gift. And it doesn't matter what that is, whether you, you picked up an acorn off the street because you know I love acorns. So it's the meaning behind what the action is. Well, true. I, I, I talked about this uh, going back when I, when I did the census gift exchange, that the meaning of gifts. So I, had a, I worked as a, with a, at a home builder and um, I sold homes. And, you know, it's impactful to people's lives when you buy a new home. And the people I was working with uh, really you know, we got along really well. I helped them into the home as best I could. Right. And they went ahead and they went to Michigan and in Michigan, they have all year. You can go, I think it's Frankenmuth. Um, Michigan has the, uh, Christmas store. You could buy everything all year round. Uh, I think in July they've got stuff out, but anyway, they came back and they knew that I was Jewish, but they bought me, uh, an ornament, uh, of a menorah. Right. Uh, so, they brought it back, and I thought that was the like the most thoughtful gift I had gotten in you know you know a long time because actually they took the time not only to get me a gift but the fact that it it had a you know a, a it meant a lot 
you know, when you get something like that, they actually thought more of you. So that going back to your point, I think that's where the gifts are meaningful, right? It doesn't always have to be from your significant other. It could be from just, you know, somebody, you know, down the street and they think of you and they, they pick something up. So I think that's a, that's a good thing on this Valentine's day, right? So it's funny that you bring that up. So four years ago, I changed my life and I started my life over and became single. And, um, I went through this phase where, okay. So when I went single, the first thing I bought myself was a jellyfish aquarium. I I don't, I can't explain (laughs) it. I thought that I could have. Can you stop for one second? Jellyfish, a jellyfish aquarium, the same jellyfish that you got to, is that the one you got to pee on to get, if you get stung by a jellyfish, I just, is that true? Okay, they're different types of jellyfish. Oh, okay. It's all true. So, like, when I started my life over, I think what happened, I think I turned into Tom Hanks and Big, where the kid becomes the adult yeah. and the adult kid. So, I move into my apartment, and I'm like, I'm getting a jellyfish aquarium. I don't know why, right? In my mind is, it's going to teach me responsibility. That's what I was thinking in my head. So, I get a jellyfish aquarium, and they're called moon jellies, right? They don't have the tentacles, but they're they're very therapeutic. So, I go, and I siphon the salt water in this jellyfish aquarium go to the pet shop um and i get a jelly and his name is peanut butter and then i get two more jelly and jam so i had peanut butter jelly and jam they lasted i can't make any of this up they lasted like two weeks um and then they all died but the thing about it is is i am a really open person so everybody keeps asking about these jellyfish and i have so what i did is i actually created a memorial for them and had a celebration of life of the jellyfish. So I got jellyfish cake pops made and created this diversion that I just killed these, these creatures. Um, so when I went back to the pet store, I've gone through three rounds of jellyfish and I'm literally on a watch list at the pet store. Like they will not <laughs> provide any more fish to me unless I bring a water sample. So I'm no longer allowed to have jellyfish. Oh my goodness. You have bad water in your tank and you're killing the jellyfish. <laughs> this is what it is. And I started the, 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 here. Here's the whole gift. All right. Okay, jellyfish. So then my next exotic pet was is I got it. <laughs> I got an LED ant farm, and we're not even going there, right? The ants didn't work out either. So to talk about gift giving, the guys at work, I think they probably wanted me to leave them alone. They got me companionship. So I go to the office, and there's a box on my desk, and they got me a furless cat. So the cat was a gift. So when you talk about like a meaningful gift, like it was really thoughtful because they knew that I was single and I was, I was killing everything in my life. <laughs> so they got me this furless cat. So I'm kind of like Dr. Easley yes. now with this cat. No, no, no. We don't know on our kitty, mini me. We don't know <laughs> on our kitty. You got to be nice, nice to the kitty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's freaking freezing in here, Mr. Bigglesworth. Now what's the cat's name? Well, see, the whole thing was is I kind of thought I needed to rename the cat. So the cat's in the book. So the cat's illustrated with the book. So everybody who knows me knows me. I call it follicle-free cat. So anyways, but I think I need to rename it. I told PetSmart Shitty Kitty because it's in the toilet book. <laughs> Shitty Kitty. That's that, That's <laughs> wonderful. That, 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 I, I can't uh, come up with anything better than that. I think that's a, that's a terrific analogy there. Shitty Kitty is your cat's name. And it's hairless. It's, it's, it really does look like Dr. Evil's cat, by the way. I did see it. <laughs> the cat looks like Dr. Evil's cat. So the whole thing about these furless cats is they're warmer than regular cats. And nobody talks about this. They sweat. Really? So it gets it eats more food. 
and then they heat themselves up and then to keep their body temperature warm they sweat so like you'll i just have like a sweaty cat that feels like microfiber Oh, you know, I cats are one of those things. I, I, I'm not a big fan because I, I don't like an animal with a worse attitude than I have. You know, and especially one that looks like you always get that evil look where they're they're really planning your funeral, they're planning your murder. Um, that's the way I, I always see the cats. They're looking at you, going, "Yeah, I could take you right now." <laughs> that's the that's the way I think of it. So the hairless cats, do they have the same? Is it? it did, they, did they become nicer because they don't have the hair? You know what? Like, they have a different personality, and I think that's part of what is, people are attracted to with this Sphinx. I mean, they're, when I got this cat, like, literally for, like, two weeks, I was like, I, my roommate is, like, Dobie, like, or, like, a small alien walking around the house. Um, but personality-wise, they're a little bit different. Um, they're very social. Um, they're cool animals. I mean, it sleeps on my neck. On your neck? Yeah, it, like, cause I maybe because maybe it really doesn't even like me. And no, it, it doesn't. Like, I'm telling you right now, these cats they, they they're planning your murder. You got to watch yourself. Be careful. You know, it's uh, <laughs> late. They're gonna use lasers. Lasers. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's it. So amazing. Got the cat. I used to live up on the 31st floor, and it was all glass windows, and all I could think of, like, I mean, the cat when I. If someone gives you a gift of a furless cat that you're not expecting, it takes a while to get like acclimated and accustomed to to looking at this thing, right? Because it, 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 yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I lived up on the top, and I always thought that like a mothership. I thought it was like an alien, and like they were gonna come get me or something. So, me and the cat have been together for three years now, and um, we've got a good relationship. And and that's uh, your longest relationship since your your opening, right? For you said four years ago, you you. You're, we're no longer in a relationship, and then now, so the cat is your your new relationship. But talk about the um, does that, is that a profile that you put up on? What uh, are these dating apps now? Tinder or what? I, I don't even know anymore. What what's oh. the what's these apps that they, these kids use today? <laughs> okay. So I I went through this phase where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get every single dating app out there. So I downloaded them, and then in my master folder, they were called husband portals. So once you husband hit, portals, okay. husband portals, that's what I figured. So you'd click on the file, and then I had every single dating app. So I, there was Bumble, Match, Plenty of Fish. That one's really trashy. <laughs> uh, we'll go back to Plenty of Fish. Uh, what else? Hinge. Hinge is the best one out there. So I don't know. I think I had like six of them. But what I found was fascinating. It's all the same people on them. But what's even cooler is that I have like a photographic memory. I don't really, but if a man says his name is Ryan and now he's Mike in a different dating app, that says a lot of information. <laughs> so when I first got on there, like, it, it, I forget that comedy can't always be translated to an app. So I, the first profile I did, I think I was being funny in the, in the title. And I said, my furless cat is looking for a dad, <laughs> but that was misconstrued into other information. So my phone almost blew up. I bet. Yeah. that would. One of my favorite stories was, is I was online talking. I mean, it's, it almost can become addictive because you have access to some people, right? And they want to talk. So I use it to work on my comedy and have fun. But once again, you can't convey so there was this one guy I was talking to and he's like, what are you looking for? And he's like, what are you? And I was like, I'm husband hunting. And he said, I thought you were single. You need somebody to hunt your husband. Like I was soliciting <laughs> soprano services yes. on 20 fish. 
that that's crazy. And you know, they, then they'll sleep with the fishes is what you're trying to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> little soprano sleeping with the fishes line. See, that's 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 what I can do. Now you can't translate that. You're right. So on your dating profile, I just would would figure you could you could put you know author of the book, flush the toilet, have a hairless cat, looking for someone to spend you know. Saturday nights with, or you know, cozy nights by the fire. What what do you write as your as your profile for this? You know, it ends up. You know what it ended up turning into me because men love positive women, and I don't know. I feel like I turned into all these people's life coach of like, oh yay, this is awesome. Like and people would be like, oh, this feels like therapy, and I'm just thinking, well, it is. well it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, except I sh- I should charge you 150 dollars an hour. Is what you're, you really should do, but that that would be another I'm not profession. To put yeah, that on the dating not, app because then I'm going to be in even bigger trouble. That that's another issue that you yeah you don't want to get involved in that charging 150 dollars an hour. Again, that's a that's another profession that we don't want to get into on this podcast right now. You know, at the end of the day, I would I went out with a handful of people, and I, you know what? I met like a couple great guy friends, but it's just. It's awkward. It's very weird because I'm all about energy and, and, and engaging in people. And it's so hard when you see a picture of somebody and then you meet somebody. It's just weird and awkward. Um, so, yeah, I mostly got off all the dating sites, but I went through this. OK, I, OK. So when I get bored, I create stuff and I think I'm funny. So I did create an alter ego profile where I was totally transparent about who I was and I would only talk about my cat. So I did it as kind of like a psychological experiment to see if any man would really talk to the cat lady. So there were no pictures of me and it was just pictures of my cat. And so many people chimed in like, there's a lot of cat dudes out there. Like there's one guy had eight cats. Wow. That's interesting. Eight cats? Why eight? What's their name? And he's like, he's, he rattled off their names. But like, my whole thing is, is there is somebody for everybody. So it was very eye opening, right? I I did it to be funny. Like people would be like, Hey, let me see a picture of you. And I was like, they're like, what do you look like? And I'm like, I'm your average cat lady. I wear sweaters and take cat naps. (laughs) (laughs) And cat nip. (laughs) (laughs) So so it was like a fun thing, right? And then people, I would chime back. I, I was transparent. I would only talk, and I would be like, do you have a cat? And they would be like, no, but my mom has a cat. And I'm like, what color is it? And I would only talk about cats to see how long somebody would engage with me. So then I'd be like, well, what's the fur count? And they're like, what do you mean? What's the fur count? I had way too much fun with this. But what happened was, is I'm all about like the law of attraction and creating. So everything in my life started turning. I'm really not the cat lady. So... What started happening were people would message me and they're like, Katie, your book is great. That plunger that you gave me that goes with your book is my cat's favorite toy. And I was like, I got to stop. I'm getting out of the cat world. This, yeah. is, this is coming too much. The cat the cat world's a little crazy. And I got I to think that during this whole time with COVID that it's got to be tough. Are you doing more FaceTime stuff where you meet them FaceTime before you actually go out? Or is it just go to the bar and meet them or go wherever to meet them? How do you do it? So here's the thing, like, I don't drink. I embraced a sober life a year and a half ago. So, like, that's the other part of it for me um, because it's part of the social interaction of feeling comfortable. Um, Just, I mean, I'll go meet somebody for dinner, but once again, it's just, it is, it's awkward. It is awkward meeting people you don't know. It is awkward embracing a sober life. And then it's awkward because it's COVID. So, you know what I mean? Like, you know what? 
touch you, breathe on you. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like a new application now that you have to do where before you'd worry about sexually transmitted diseases. Now it's like, do you have COVID? Like, you know, have you had COVID? Have you, or you could be like at the doctor's office. Have you been in contact with anyone in COVID? And have you quarantined for 14 days and such and such and such and such? It's, it's become ridiculous. So I think what I did during COVID to, I, I started being fishing. Like, so I go, I have a boat. So I would go to the boat every day and that was kind of how I would restore myself. So I thought by fishing, I would be able to meet like a fisherman socially. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the fisherman. Yes. yes. Here come the fishermen. Oh, that, well, that, that could be good. Now, that's something you probably should have put on the dating app. I have a boat. Forget the cat. I got a boat. No, that's, not, <laughs> that's absolutely not stuff you advertise. No. Because the whole thing is, is when you're a female, you get a lot of people who are interested. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I know. I, I know. I'm just teasing. Okay, good, good. Yeah, no. That's, not, that's a very bad idea. No, you can't put the boat because, again, you know, the, the guys, you know, we're, we're just gross anyway. And just the stuff that comes out of that when you say you have a boat, I, I, I get it. So it's, it's something, well, I, yeah. In the boat fish taco, though. So I did do that to be funny. Fish taco, is that, that's, uh, it's kind of, uh, I think that was in iCarly, wasn't it? Didn't they come I up with a fish taco? Or, I remember my kids used to watch that show. And I remember they talked about fish tacos. And I had never heard about fish tacos until then. So, I don't know. I'm going to look up iCarly now. You look it up. I think it, I think it is. I think it was uh, on iCarly. And I, I think they just brought it on Netflix again because I just happened to turn on and my daughter liked that show. And, of course, it was one of my shows to watch, right? <laughs> it was iCarly. So, unbelievable. Well, one thing that I wanted to mention since we talked about The Sopranos, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Joe Pesci – is a treasure, by the way, you know, Joe Pesci, the movie My Cousin Vinny, he was in a lot of stuff, My I'll never forget, you should do this for me, you know, you know, it's like the two Utes, um, but he apparently is having a tough time selling his New Jersey mansion, this could be something you might want to look into, he's um, the 78-year-old Goodfellas star, had re-enlisted his, his beach house in Lavalette for six and a half million now, apparently, he's not offering any kind of wise guy discount here. There's no discount allowed on this 7,200-square-foot uh, house. It's got eight bedrooms, eight baths, Art Deco mansion. Most outstanding spot is the media room where it's pictured with at least 24 movie posters, including Goodfellas Casino, My Cousin Vinny. Now, the, what I like is the media room has an arcade pinball machine and a small TV uh, models furniture, apparently, because you can't afford any more, right? It's got a wet bar, a bathroom, and the listing pictures. But this this house is amazing. And uh, if you want, it's offered by Michael Puccio of Remax Central in New Jersey. So if you if you got the cash, there's Joe Pesci's house in Lavalette, New Jersey. You can go down the shore with with uh, with Goodfellas. There you go. <laughs> listed a small tv does it yeah. really say that there's a small tv in the entertainment room yeah small tv i probably 78 inches small <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a small you know if you have to list you have a small tv is that kind of a personal problem a small tv <laughs> so it's funny that you say this they just listed the priciest piece of real estate downtown nashville and um it's a 25 million dollar penthouse condo in one of the new buildings that they're listing so i'm like this seems cheap. I'm yeah. like, wow, four of those. I, th I think so. I think, you know, at some point, though, how big do you need the house, right? I mean, it's at certain point, is how many bathrooms do you, I mean, to clean all those bathrooms would be a real pain in the neck, too, right? I don't, and, 
matter. You you would I would you wouldn't be able to flush the toilet. <laughs> yeah, you don't want a lot of toilets. No, you don't want a, a lot of toilets. Only to buy your book. That's what we got to do. Make sure you go out there and buy your book. Uh, give one last plug of the book, and uh, this has been so much fun. So much fun. Thank you so much. Um, so flush the toilet is just fun, and it's engaging and it just helps you look at life in a different way you know for me i think life is supposed to be fun um and, and that's the goal and the intention of the book is really just to say you know what no matter what happens i got this um and i can always just flush the toilet um and really just looking at life with a new fun perspective so well, i like it you sold me on it you can like lens burning bush on facebook at lens burning bush you can follow at lens burning bush on twitter listen on itunes Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, tune in. You can even ask, Katie, Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush. So when you get done later, just make sure you go to your Alexa and say, Alexa, play Lens Burning Bush. Um, it's now on Stitcher. It's on a lot of these places. I have no idea what the heck they are, but God bless that it's on them. I don't know. You can find it. Just Google it. It's all there. We're in 30 states. We've got or so. We are. We have a loyal download in the UK, so I always like to say cheers. Have yourself some kippers and eggs on this uh, weekend and enjoy yourself. Ireland, Germany, Switzerland, Norway, France, Mexico, Japan, Canada as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks to you, uh, Katie Goyet. It's uh, Goyet, Goyet. I like Goyet. You know, it's, I, I can call you anything, right? Is that what you said? <laughs> but it's, yeah, like, I think Goyet is the best thing, yeah. especially the toilet book like did you go yet did you go yet yeah that's 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 really good did you go <laughs> yet well uh thanks to uh katie go yet i'm len harvey we'll be back again with another episode of lens burning bush next week so long